the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. didn't know by now my name is chad and every single week we take a journey back in time and explore something from the federation years of the world wrestling federation's new generation era and i couldn't be any happier to do it this week with a longtime good personal friend of mine the captain's corner the captain himself mr nick massey joining me tonight nick up there in connecticut i'm sure it's cold i'm sure there's snow but it's hot inside the captain's corner. Oh, we're, we're always keeping it warm on the captain's corner. Uh, but you are right. Bristol, Connecticut is going through, uh, I would say, one of the colder Februarys we've had in the last five or six years. I feel like every day it's either snow or ice or it drops down to 20 degrees. So, uh, yeah, I'm over it. And like you said, uh, uh, you're, you're bringing the heat tonight, Chad. And uh, captain's bringing the heat, too, with some upcoming signings and uh, our, the rest of our show tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a long time since uh, you were on New Generation Declassified, going all the way back to... Uh, July? Yeah, summer. I was going to say towards yeah. the end of the summer. Yeah. Uh, but you were building towards your convention, which unfortunately, you know, saw the fate <laughs> of uh, in-person COVID uh, protocol and moved to being a virtual signing. But you have not stopped in terms of virtual signings. Obviously, this has become a huge, huge uh, market for promoters like yourself. Uh, and you know, you're continuing to knock them out of the park every single week, but, uh, kind of talk about, uh, what that journey has been like for you over the last, gosh, six, seven months already. Oh God. Yeah. I, I would say basically since August, I've been, uh, been going pretty hard with the virtual signings. I started instantly enough where I was just, uh, moving some extra inventory, uh, that the captain had lying around, you know, from extra signings that we've all had over the last four or five years and everything moved for way more than uh, market value would have dictated previously. And uh, on my first auction, you know, um, I was actually, unfortunately, I, I, I got COVID-19 uh, last spring and, uh, you know, I, I lost my job. So I had a rough go at it there. And uh, the, the first auction that I had where I was selling my stuff uh, a lot of people were coming in and out, a lot of my friends, a lot of people from the wrestling community. So I can honestly say it was one of the, it was the best day I'd had since the pandemic started. And I had such a blast and I called my my virtual signing uh, Captain's Corner Happy Hour. And since then, like you've said, uh, I've picked up to where since August, I, I've I've averaged you know over one guest a week. I would say probably close to two guests a week. Uh, you know, I've worked I've worked with a lot of great names in that time period. Nikita Koloff, Magnum TA. I just finished up this past weekend with Mass Superstar. I worked with J.J. Dillon. Uh, so, yeah, I've had, have a, have a great time. And uh, it brings it brings the signing to a, a whole new uh, amount of people. Because normally, as you know, Chad, when we do the public signings, we're dealing with customers in the, you know, the tri-state area or maybe the northeast. But now uh, it's the entire country and, you know, international customers as well. So it's a lot of fun. So weird with that, you know, because you kind of forget about them. I know everybody accepts mail order for, you know, the in-person signings. But 
when you think about the virtual reach, I mean, it's insane to know like, okay, yeah, I might be based out of Connecticut like you are or me in Virginia and say, you know, all right, I know I have my base of people that I'll run into, whether it's in New York or Philly or Jersey or Connecticut or Pennsylvania, you know, wherever. But this time, like, you know, you and I know with you specifically, like, you know, you have international customers, you know, they're able to reach out and touch you when they, they can actually see you and see the guy signing the stuff. I mean, it's it's been very cool to see how the evolution has kind of progressed and whether or not the convention might be uh, a little bit more of a novelty post COVID because these virtual signings have become such a uh, such kind of like a cool niche thing that goes along with the convention scene. I think you've just said it best. I don't know if the conventions will ever be a novelty because I think the, the photo op aspect is True. still missing from the signing. But I think at this point, I mean, I, I, there was a lot of people that I worked with at conventions before I worked with them in virtual signings. And I've done double and triple the amount of autographs in a three-hour virtual signing that is four hours at a convention table. So uh, I, I think that, you know, the audience has broadened uh, for the autograph market. And I think that, that that market will always be there now. I'm not sure if it will always be as strong as it is now once the world opens up. I think less so the fact that, you know, conventions will be open again. I think more so the fact that everything else is going to be open again. You know, people are going to be able to fly more freely. They're going to be able to, you know, travel the world, travel all across the country. Oh, uh, everything's going to be a lot more open. So I think that some of the the extra money that's being spent on, uh, you know, uh, on the wrestling hobby that may drop a little bit once it's being spent on everything else. But I think that once the conventions do open, that the virtual uh, world will still exist. Yeah, man, it's crazy because not. Let's just step outside of wrestling. I mean, I I see the Wizard World ads every 24 seconds on social media you know i see all the different companies that have popped up and have done this too for the pop culture guys and and it even seems like since covid started like you see more mainstream you know actors musicians personalities doing virtual signings where you know i know they were starting to pop into conventions a little bit but like damn it's just it was really it's changed everything oh completely even the wwe is doing virtual signings. yeah i was gonna say that and even for the wwe who is traditionally really i mean outside of their access has just been like you cannot get these guys unless you either pay out the ass at you know a sponsored signing or you're you know at a, a ticket launch if they even do that anymore um Crazy, crazy, crazy. But like we said, you've been doing just, you know, bonkers uh, business in terms of where you're going and traveling. And I, I mean, I see it from what I do with the privates, but with you doing the virtuals and the whole happy hour and blah, 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 blah. You've worked with people from all the different, you know, promotions, territories, eras. But this week or coming up, you have Medusa, who in this era is Alundra Blaze. So tell us yes, about sir. the upcoming signing with Medusa. Well, thank you. Uh, and um, this is actually the first time I've had the pleasure to work with Medusa, or as uh, as we'll be talking about over the next hour, Alondra Blaze. Uh, and that's going to be, we're doing a virtual signing with her. So the Captain's Corner Happy Hour with uh, Alondra Blaze. That's going to be Friday the 26th at 7 p.m. They'll be able to go on the Captain's Corner Facebook and check it out. We're going to have a bunch of cool photos, cards, magazines, programs. We're even going to have uh, some exclusive artwork done by a local artist in the New England area. It's going to be a a Laundry Blaze 11 by 17 print. It's going to look fantastic. It's going to be beautiful for framing. It's going to be limited to only 25, too. So it's going to be a real collector's item. Uh, And then uh, that's, of course, for the happy hour part of the, the weekend. On Saturday, September, oh, Saturday, September, Saturday, February 27th, 
Uh, Medusa is going to be at Heroes Hideout in Holyoke, Massachusetts, signing from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So looking forward to that, to where, you know, people will be able to log on and watch their items sign if they can't make the public signing. If they can't make the public signing, uh, you know, I can't, can't wait to see everyone in Holyoke, Mass on uh, this Saturday, the 27th. I couldn't. I couldn't say that name if you paid me. Uh, Holyoke. Or, or, Holyoke. I'd probably say ho- Hollyock. <laughs> I like that better. Hollyock. Let's. I'm going to start calling it that, Chad. I got to see. I got to get with you and like go over Massachusetts. You know, uh, the, Worcester. The, yeah, Nay. I can get Worcester. Yeah. Not War- not Worcester. <laughs> no, no that, you trust me. You hear people say all kinds of things. Uh, I, I the town next to me in Bristol is pronounced. Uh, I thought it was Walcott, W-O-L-C-O-T-T, when I moved up here. And then uh, I started hearing all locals going, walk it. Walk it. I'm, I was like, say that, I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, the town next to you, walk it. I'm like, no, that's Walcott. Like, no, yeah, walk it. It's like, ah, uh, something. There was lost in translation. So uh, even though I'm up here now for five years, I'm picking things up. I'm also, uh, there's, I'm, still a, I'm still a New York boy at heart. See, I, I like to say I learned my, you know, geographical uh, pronunciation from Gorilla Monsoon. So, I mean, it's, you know, there one of those go. things. You external, know, we, what was his line? External pertuperance, obtuberance? What, the ex- back of the external extiperance partupances or something, something yeah, like that's, that. <laughs> God bless. God La- bless lay- for the lame in the back of the head. But, yeah, no, I, I'm not even kidding. Geographical locations due to Gorilla Monsoon's uh proper pronunciations himself on Boston garden shows. And when you'd get those either on a Coliseum video, which we're going to talk about in this episode, and we were, whether you're watching prime time and they were showing uh, some shows, some matches from the Boston garden, or as you got a little bit older, you got to get your hands on some Boston garden shows, you know, you yeah. heard all those areas. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll rely on you for any New England pronunciations. Uh, you know what, forward. though? B- before we move on and talk about, you know, uh, the the new generation, the, the ni- 94 generation, but I want to point out that a podcast on wrestling hometowns that people only know because of wrestling would be amazing. <laughs> like, and I'm not even kidding. Like, because you're right. It's helped me so much geographically over the years just – being a wrestling fan, knowing all these towns and parts of the country that you'll never go to, uh, just just from happen to being a wrestling fan. So, so thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Gorilla. Thank you, Mean Gene. <laughs> well, for, we'll start and stop with Cobb County, Georgia, because I don't think anybody has ever given a shit about Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> right up there with Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. <laughs> but I did come to find out that's where Jimmy Yang is from. <laughs> Ironically enough, <laughs> he's from he's from Cobb County, Georgia, and I said, "Wow, oh. for." A wrestling fan, that's got to be really cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, no, I know. And he was of that age, too. He was. So, all right. So I pulled up here. So Nick and I are looking at a screen, uh, which, you know, is good for the visuals. Uh, but talking about in relations to his uh, signing with Medusa coming up, obviously, Alundra Blaze during the New Generation era, one of maybe, what, like 10 different females that they had come through at that point. You know, you you're think being very generous. Yeah. There's I mean, no think, there was 10 <laughs> Leilani Kai, Luna Vachon, you know, Sherry Martell, Heidi Lee Morgan. Exactly. It was a very small list, but highlighted by the signing of Medusa of to join the, uh, the, the roster, but it was basically for what, I mean, there wasn't much to be done. Uh, and only now and why I have it in front of us, you know, are we seeing the, uh, you know, the, the action figures being, brought out they have their elite flashback series and that's where medusa finally got the alundra blaze figure out there but you know for you it's it's kind of tough to focus on an era where there's not a lot of merchandise when it comes to your talents <laughs> so that's why i want to start well, 
with the figure being presented to you. <laughs> Lord knows that it's a shame that Medusa Alundra just missed out on one of those last series of uh, of original Hasbro's. Right? She she had she hung out a little longer, she could have made a last series. Right? Possibly. You know, they had never done any kind of female uh, mold I mean. for the uh, for the Hasbro, but. You know, that orange card series, which would have had, you know, Moe and Mabel and Diesel and Jeff Jarrett and then the All-American Luger. You never mm -hmm. know. They, they could if they met on to another one after that. I don't know what color it would be. Maybe it would have to be like the um, like neon blue series or something or neon okay. red. Uh, we, why don't we call it neon blue? The neon blue Hasbro line. It never yeah. happened. <laughs> so what do you look for when you're going for somebody like Alundra Blaze, Medusa? You know, there's not a lot of figures. There's only, you know, a certain amount of photos you can use. Like, what are you looking for merchandise-wise for a signing like this, especially with somebody from this era who's so identifiable, but because this era was such like a dark period, there's not a lot of merchandise. You're right. So, well, the, the first thing that I always look for is I like an assortment of 8 by 10 photos. And for, for someone like uh, Alundra Blaze, who we're, we're talking about now, or who's also known as Medusa, the great thing, uh, and I think this happens with a lot of people from this generation, is they, they, they get signature looks uh, at various points of their career. So that Alundra Blaze look is so unique where I can, I can get a couple of different poses, her holding up the belt, uh, you know, her a pose shot in the studio, one of the the WWE promo, WF promo photos, and then also get some stuff when she was at the Dangerous Alliance and some photos and when she was, uh, you know, uh, driving monster trucks and some photos and when she was in the AWA. So I like, I like a good assortment of photos. The next thing I look for is always the cover of magazines. Mag people love magazines and Medusa surprisingly wasn't on that many magazine covers. She made a lot of centerfolds in the eighties and nineties, but, uh, you know, only, only a handful of magazine covers. So it's, it's chasing down the magazine covers and then, you know, looking after, you know, the various cards and, you know, if, if there are no cards trying to find someone who can make me some customs, uh, Medusa, actually, we were able to find a guy who had a, a bunch of Medusa posters from the very late eighties. And uh, we were able to buy them in bulk from them. So uh, I'll, I'll have about five or six of these cool Medusa photos that probably haven't been seen. That she probably hasn't seen since like 1989, 1990. So that's that's one of the pieces that we'll be rolling out uh, this weekend too. Nice. You know, and if you, if you could follow like what I've been kind of scrolling through on our end. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to about 2015, where they expanded the Legends line, they they really started to bring a lot more of the the different faces into the line, and that's where you kind of see, you know, the expansion of more like kind of the obscure tag teams that would be uh, marketed. You see some more of maybe guys that hadn't had something made of them in a long time. You know, you think of like the Hillbilly Jims, the Paul Warndorfs mm -hmm. of the world. But as I'm going through this, one thing I just kind of went by, and we've talked about this before on the New Generation Declassified Airwaves. You know, that they did not have a lot of licensing deals at the time. And one of the things that is kind of an obscure are the European markets. And right here, I pulled up the 1995 Merlin uh, WWF. It's, I, oh, think, yeah. I believe this is a sticker. Am I right? No, that no. Is this actually a card? Yes, that those 95 Merlins are cards. Yeah, correct. So this oh. is really the only piece of merchandise that you could type into eBay right now. And fine, that's exclusive to the new generation era. Yeah, yeah, for for Medusa, yeah, because I mean she was on the cover of one WWF magazine uh, from summer of I think ninety five. It was her, Diesel, Brett, and Sean. Yes, uh, and that and I can't I can't even find a good cover of that. Really? Uh, yeah, like in terms of mint, I like to buy the mint. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it, not you're right. There wasn't it, it wasn't a, abundance of merchandise, and you figured at that point. I mean, obviously she's far and away the the only real name lady, but she was. They were pushing her pretty hard at various points on TV. You figured she would have had more merchandise. She never even had a shirt release, right? No, I don't think so at all. Again, unless it was one of those weird, obscure things that never made it into an American market. And those merchandise catalogs, we talked about it a million times here again. I'll say it. We, we've talked about the merchandise catalogs and the house shows were the only place you were getting merchandise because they technically didn't have a figure license during the, the 94 through 90 early, you know, mid 96 time frame. Only time in their history where they didn't have an actual license deal with an action figure market. Uh, the trading cards were not done by tops. They weren't even done by classic. They were done by uh, action packed. If you recall mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the raised action pack trading card. So yeah, again, oh yeah. not really the greatest trading card company in the world. Those action packed uh, cards are hated uh, across every sport, baseball, football and wrestling. I, I've said it before. Kevin Nash, when I handed him the action pack card, said it was his least favorite piece of diesel merchandise that had ever been made <laughs> was the diesel action pack card. Cause one, where is he signing it? It's puffy. It's black. Even to have it signed in silver, it has to be so small because there's no room for it. Um, it was piece of shit. But the funny part is, if there is a T-shirt or something, it could be out there. But maybe it was in these weird European markets for the United States where we didn't know. I didn't know this Merlin card existed until, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, oh, for, for me, it's even within the last five years. Uh, it's so interesting because they it seemed like, inter, like we were saying, international, they, they might have been getting more items in some ways uh but it, it wasn't happening in the good old us of a where this this is the forgotten like trying to find a you know something of uh, a well done or like mantar or someone else from this time period you know whereas if it, i mean there was there's so much stuff for not so much stuff but there's plenty of stuff for outback jack and the young stallions who were similar uh in terms of being pushed as mantar and well done were but uh, you know, because of the era that they existed, uh, you know, not not much exists. Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Like I said, if you go back to 2015 ish, I mean, and of course, this is something you would do in your research for your signing. Tons of cards. I mean, like probably like two dozen just by this search that I'm doing here on eBay right now as we're talking. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and then others from the uh, the era, you know, you've been able to work with a lot, you know, I think of, like I said, like the Leilani Kai's of the world, you know, Luna popped in for a few years and then Bo she's Nakano, who, uh, Bo we Nakano, I was, was going to get to that, but Bo Nakano, yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, no. Uh, one of the reasons that we decided to bring in uh, Medusa for the weekend, my partner and I, is that uh, we were able to do a private signing with Bull Nakano. So we, we got on a bunch of great pieces, including uh, some uh, some photos, which will be du dual signed by Medusa, Alundra Blaze. And there's not a lot of Alundra Blaze Bull Nakano photos in the market right now. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting some of those out there and, you know, offering those pieces to collectors. See, and that's what's cool. You know, when you think outside the box like you normally do, you know, you can come up with something different like that. But for the layman, you know, fan who's not thinking outside the box and they're just thinking, oh, I want X, Y, and Z piece of merchandise for my collection. You want to go vintage? It's hard for certain members of that roster. And, and, and Alundra Blaze, oddly enough, that, I mean, really, you know, held that title for, two, what, two years um, I know that she dropped it to uh, was it Bertha Faye, right, and wins it back or something like well, that. She or... dropped, no, she dropped it to Bull. 
And you dropped the ball. Back. Okay. All right. Yep. And then Bertha took her out. And then uh, I don't think Bertha ever won the title, but there were, they did have a feud for a while. Okay. See, like that's where, you know, the, the haze uh, generally sets into but, the chat. But before, that before she left, uh, you know, in late 95, they were actually setting her up to have a feud. Aja Kong, another, right. uh, another Japanese uh, wrestler. And, uh, you know, she left and the rest is history. The belt went in the trash. And so the WF women's division for the next uh, two or three years. Yeah. And that's an interesting one too, because the, uh, uh, the Aja Kong was a part of the survivor series at 95, yep. like randomly, Yep. <laughs> they they have a uh, a women's survivor series match in 1995 and to of course the layman fan you have no clue who any of these people are you know no, it, you're no. sitting there going like uh i'll take their word for it <laughs> that they're wrestlers uh, well and then it well, well it was compounded by the fact that yeah she, she was there for survivor series i think she did the raw the next night and then you know the medusa leaving thing happened within the next couple of weeks so it literally was like aja kong was you know just a, a speed bump for the uh, in the wf in like late late uh 1995 so then what do you think about kind of how they've looked back on that era, you know, and kind of rewrote history, obviously the trashed uh, title belt, you know, was, uh, has been brought up a million times on the air, you know, the hall of fame speech where they take it back out of the garbage, you know, like, how do you kind of think, you know, put if you, what we always say on the show is go back to what you thought back then, right? Go back mm -hmm. to your, your original thoughts. And then you can look back on it 25 years now in the, the future, you know, what do you think about how they've kind of accepted this and like, you know, welcome back with open arms. And again, to see the amount of trading cards there's been since 2015. I mean, it's like the trash thing never happened, although I did just see a custom T-shirt of it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, see, once Medusa went to the Hall of Fame, I, that was like the olive branch that I guess, you know, maybe maybe everyone needed to move on. Like, I think Medusa needed for closure uh, and the WWE probably needed it where, you know, uh, after after Sherry and Liz and, uh, you know, uh, before, you know, Sonny, I I mean, the Laundry Blaze is the most recognizable female there for, you know, a three three to four year period. So I, I think that, you know, because uh, even Luna's run wasn't as long as the Laundry Blaze's run. So, right. um, you know, I think that, it uh, you know, whether it's through genuine, uh, you know, uh, they genuinely wanted to to you know feel nostalgic and you know offer offer stuff from a time period or they just saw a chance to cash in it allowed them to you know include one of the the more signature members of the new generation you know and it's funny too just looking at this elite flashback figure which i mean i I'm, i've been out of the figure game i've been out of the current landscape for a long time if you were not a fan of the new generation, you wouldn't even get half the shit that's on this figure because it comes with, I don't know if you've probably seen it a million times preparing for your signing, but this comes with a build an interview set of the heartbreak hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I know. <laughs> they, they, uh, they do that for a bunch of, there's a, there's a build a JJ Dillon figure in one of the sets, but the heartbreak hotel is, uh, yeah. What a novelty. You want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, new generation 93 era. Uh, the, how long did that heartbreak hotel last? It was maybe three or four months. Chad? It, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit longer. It, was was, it? it was weird though, because it wasn't, it wasn't a long stretch of time, but it, it hit so many like big moments in a short amount of time. You might be like deceived by how long it really was around. I don't, I think it's a little bit longer than three to four months, but it was so like strategically used that it wasn't killed. Maybe next they'll have a build a uh, Rio's roundup. 
Yes, we just talked about Rio a few weeks ago. Um, and, you know, going back and listening to Rio, I mean, I'm not the biggest uh, Brother Brucey fan there is, but, like, that is, like, it is unbelievably unbearable to listen to uh, the Rio Rogers, uh, Dusty oh, Rhodes impression. That's, it's literally like, go go out there and pretend you're Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I can't listen to it. It's terrible. But uh, how about, let's look at the back of this figure. Doink. Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, Alundra Blaze, and the Build the Heartbreak uh, Hotel. Uh, there it is. I mean, this is literally made for the new generation fan. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, those were all, uh, you know, standouts in the new generation, you know. Uh, Doink, Razor, uh, you know, uh, obviously Doink maybe being uh, not, not on the same level overall as Razor and Shawn. But, you know, uh, I remember uh, when that Doink figure came out a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, Ray Apollo was coming around to all the signings, making the rounds specifically because that figure came out. So uh, I think the figure it, it also it, it it does favors to a lot of the talent too. And then I'm sure a lot of the talent from that generation, you know, they've got got children now, and in some cases grandchildren. So it, it's probably pretty cool for them to see, you know, uh, that younger generation play with the models of themselves, the figures of themselves, because so many f- people didn't have it. You know, even like Magnum TA. Uh, I worked with Magnum TA a couple months ago. He didn't have a figure until about four or five years ago. And yeah. it was released in that Legends line. And he was telling me it was so cool that his son was able to play with the figure. I mean, Magnum was a huge name in the 80s. Huge name. Yeah. But he never had a figure. Never had so, one, right. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's cool for the talent. To someone like a like a larger blaze who, who definitely, you know, contributed a lot to wrestling. And there's been a lot of people uh, who were worse off than her than do have figures. So it's good that she's finally got her own figure. Yeah, we uh, we worked with Magnum the first wave that that figure came out, and at one of the shows that we did, I mean, it was it was the hot cake that to oh. say the least because it was hot off the presses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. So here, yeah, on the back of the card it says uh, Lunge Blaze, Best of Her Era. Lunge Blaze was a three time WWE Women's Champion, including a reign that lasted three hundred forty two days. Uh, three times, uh, you know. Again, I didn't pay attention to to the amount of reigns at the time. Um, but 342 days, it's basically because they didn't have anything. Yeah. That's and very you, deceiving. You know what, though? I'm thinking that means maybe Bertha did win the title if if Alundra was a three-time champion. Because I just remember her her beating Heidi, losing to Bull, winning it back from Bull. So maybe she did lose it to Bertha in uh, 95 at some point. That's but, not good that we don't even remember. Can we uh, can we get a couple of bars from you singing the Bertha Faye uh, theme song? Bertha Faye. <laughs> I love you. That's what what, what you're getting, Chad. I mean, look, and I'll tell you from what I love about what you do with the virtuals. I mean, you span all the eras. And speaking of Bertha Faye, I mean, you were just with Downtown Bruno. Harvey Whippleman, who actually we found out sung the Bertha Faye song. Yes. Oh, my sweet Bertha Faye. Yeah. Oh, you. there you go. You hit it better than I could even dream. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he, uh, he was talking about it. He thought it was a rib that they put him with Bertha. Which I guess says a lot about the women's division in and of itself at that time, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I love I love having all the guests on. I mean, and, and this week, this month alone, I, I have the Grappler, Mikey Whipwreck, Tony Gurria, and then uh, Alundra Blaze coming up. So uh, spanning all over the country and uh, all over the different generations of wrestling. Yeah, very nice. You're going all the way to New Zealand for Tony Gurria. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm flying into Auckland. Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by that one. <laughs> we just talked about a couple weeks ago. Do you remember when they transitioned the Bushwhackers from being uh, New Zealanders to Australian boomerang throwing nuts? <laughs> yeah, well, well, Hongi, right? 
what was what was the deal with that? So I had a, a good friend of the show, the Aussie guy, Dean Galloway, who is in Australia. And if he's listening now, hello, my good friend there, Dean Galloway from Australia, uh, who, uh, you know, basically had no clue what they were talking about. And I don't know if they just made up some gibberish for them or what, but it's uh, we looked it up. It's like twenty six hundred miles between New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> it's like, how did they move them from one part of like that world to the other? And uh, yeah, just kind of put some uh, we said we put them, put them in little uh, tracker hats, uh, changed their camouflage, gave them a boomerang and said, now they're from Australia. <laughs> you know what? I think they were just at that point shooting darts. And uh, the, I, I don't know if they thought that saying they were now from Australia was going to kind of reinvigorate them. And, you know, but it, it didn't work because if anything, I feel like that whole look from 95, 96 is completely forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody thinks of the Hasbro era. You think yeah, of, the, of the black and white uh, bushwhackers and the, the, the green and beige and Brown just didn't, uh, didn't resonate well, although they did have a Hasbro in that color too. Uh, I don't want to speak out of my ass, uh, not acknowledge that. Uh, but still, but with the Alundra Blaze coming up, you know, what have you seen uh, era wise for Alundra? You know, maybe people's interest. Is it new generation? Is it more pre that WCW? Where are you kind yeah, of seeing yeah. the, so, the fans like? I'll tell you what, actually, the, the biggest winner is uh, the Monster Truck era Medusa. I've really? got a lot of a lot of mail ins. And a lot of items that people are interested in from the early 2000s to late 2000s, Monster Truck Medusa. Yeah. Wow. And and, uh, which I found surprising, but I guess it kind of does make sense because, I mean, not even that, you know, uh, there probably has to be some crossover between Monster Truck fans and wrestling fans. You know, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm not in the demographics business, though. But uh, I think also that... It's it's kind of funny to say, but I think Mo- Monster Truck, and you know, it's something that a lot of people have gone to and seen on TV or heard about. And I think that because it's such a men's club, and Medusa being a female and, and you know having the the pro wrestling experience stood out, you know, uh, in that boys club. And I think that you know she had a lot of little girl fans, and then you know a lot of her wrestling fans carried over, and she probably made some new Monster Truck. That that actually had something to do with it. That's interesting. I, I I'm very surprised to hear that. To be honest, yeah. with you. I really would have thought it would have maybe been that new generation era. But hey, you, you never know. That's why uh, that's why I brought you on because you're the expert. Oh no, I just play one on TV or on the <laughs> Captain's Corner Happy Hour every week. That's true. He's got the little hat gimmick, the shirt gimmick. It's oh, uh, yes. the band. I got the bandana. I got the hat gimmick. Yeah, it's, uh, I got I got my little man bun now, which uh, I've been getting some uh, mostly positive feedback on, uh, which is uh, which uh, is, was requested by the wife, but it seems to have uh, fit the gimmick of the captain. So I'll uh, <laughs> be keeping it a little bit. Chadster knows nothing about gimmicks, you know, hats and sunglasses. Oh no, that you're hats. you're to your credit. <laughs> You've stuck with that gimmick to where your gimmick might be more over than you. <laughs> to where, like, everyone knows the the Chad look. So, I don't know if I should be proud of that or sad, but uh, no, I'll take no, proud. You should be absolutely. <laughs> you were you were the first. Hey, what can I say? It's all about being the first, not the last. Um, Trendsetter. So, all right, before I, I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up. I'm going to yeah, talk yeah. about some obscure Coliseum video uh, merchandise. Sure. Some of the best feedback that I've gotten about this show is talking about the Coliseum videos, because if anybody knows me, they know it's a huge part of why I became a fan period. 
uh, still always fascinated by as much as I get like pissed off about wrestling. I still go back to Coliseum video and I still have that soft spot for it no matter what. Um, and I thought with you, because you and I, you know, if we do chat about anything wrestling related, it's usually because there's been some cool piece of merchandise that's been located somewhere. And I thought this was pretty cool to look at some of the obscure Coliseum video giveaways, uh, that could pop up at the video store. Were you ever privy to a free Coliseum video giveaway? No, but I will wow. tell you that, that Coliseum home video shirt you have up it. Well, you had up in purple. Right <laughs> I may go on eBay right now and see if they'll take a cool $18 for that because I will <laughs> rock that. I'm not even joking during the signing with Medusa this weekend if I can get in in time. That is a sweet shirt. Who would have um, thought, right? <laughs> yeah. It's so simple yet so defined and refined. But, but, but I feel like the, the simpleness of those uh, the 80s T-shirts is kind of what makes them so uh, memorable. You know, it's they're, they're not trying to be anything more than what they were. Just a T-shirt with a few words or a basic logo. But uh, I know I, 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 did, I didn't get a chance to enjoy any of the giveaways uh, from Coliseum Home Videos. I, some of the more memorable ones that I remember seeing the ones for the WrestleManias that would uh, include various uh, items, but I no, I wasn't I wasn't aware of uh, too many of the other uh, uh, giveaways that would come with the uh, Coliseum Home Videos. So basically, this is what they were supposed to do, and and obviously mm -hmm. we know how it goes sometimes with freebies. They don't always get to their final destination when <laughs> when they're intended to be given out. Sure. Uh, your video store was supposed to get, depending on what release it was, they would get a stack of promotional items that they would either give to you as you rented it, or in some cases in which mine did every so often, they would leave them at the checkout. Like literally as you were walking out the door, you could grab one and be on your merry way. The first time I saw that it was bookmarks. Okay. Okay. So it was a, a set of four bookmarks. What under, era is this? This is 95 ish, 94, okay. 95. I want, we'll probably see them passing through here. Because uh, I pulled up a couple random ones here on eBay, but they would have it at the door. You'd grab it on the way out. Well, your old buddy, the Chadster, uh, saw it was like, I think they might have given you one per. Well, I went around the turnstile about 10 times and just for you. Up whatever I could get because I needed the complete set of the bookmarks. I wouldn't want to say it was Brett Diesel, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. So we're and talking 94. It's got if it's it. I'm going to say let's say 95 uh, okay. for argument's sake, okay. because the second giveaway that the same thing was this postcard, which I did see in my search. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, da, 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 let's go through There's some awesome ones, but we're going to definitely have to come back to. Uh, come on. Where are these postcards? Damn it. I saw it before. I'm going to bail in a second if I don't see it. All right. I don't see it. No, I didn't. No, it's not there. Okay. The specific one. So it's Razor Ramon. It's Diesel. It's Brett. It's Shawn Michaels, and I want to say The Undertaker all doing their signature moves. Um, another one, Staxon at the door. Chadster went around about 12 times to get uh, as many as he could. Um, but did you, did Each time, did you have like a different hat or mustache on? Or the, were, you, were you trying to be uh, – No, uh, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't stealth at all. Ah. <laughs> I was just being flagrant and just going around as many Good times. For you, as even could. better. But they're very simple, these giveaways. They're stickers, they're postcards, mm -hmm. they're door hangers, they're uh, uh, bookmarks, or uh, if there's even a book cover. You know, remember you put literally the, the, the book cover around your textbook. Um, simple stuff like that. But again, they weren't supposed to be just given out to anybody. They were supposed to be given out to those who rented the WWF tapes. So if you go through an eBay, you see the ranging of pricing going from about $5 to maybe $25, $30, 
because anybody could have just taken it and walked away, especially at my video store. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever seen any of these at the conventions or sent in for your signings, these uh, Coliseum video specials? I can't, I can't say that I have, Chad. Just just being honest, uh, I, 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 I'm going to pop and think of you automatically when they are eventually sent in, hopefully. But um, no, I've never seen them. I'm, I'm digging those. Uh, were those some uh, Coliseum Mobile, those temporary tattoos, or are those just for... Uh, I'm not else. sure. I, I'm looking at those myself right now. You know, you have Sonny, Undertaker, the Godwins, <laughs> Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels. I mean, I'm going to say yes if it's in this search. That's pretty cool. See, I, I, I would have loved uh, uh, a Sonny temporary tattoo in 1996. Uh, now, not so much, but uh, <laughs> 1996, absolutely. You got the Coliseum video motion card, which is also similar to what was in I remember Hasbro's. those. I actually have seen those before. Okay, yeah, the Hasbro's also had the motion cards. Yep. Uh, let's see what else you have here. These are okay. So here's a VHS promo pack. This is literally just a a, a literal like uh, card, like a five by seven card, and it's just the guys. It's Brett Diesel, Razor Ramon, and Shawn Michaels. So you're seeing the four Great to four. five superstars, right? And then you throw Undertaker in every so often. Yep. These were the four to five marketable guys. But again, it's like what I keep on hitting home a million times. This was it for merchandise. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, that that was it. I I can't believe the Godwins even made that that temporary tattoo. Here, because, let's look at these. Uh, Here you go. I'll continue talking. I'm pulling this up. Oh no! I was gonna say because you, you see you always see Brett, you always see Sean, you see Razor, you see Diesel, you see Taker, and that's about it from that era. Wow! Look at that. Whoa! A little '93 Big Boss Man love. Okay. So you got the Coliseum Video WWF collector stamps. Collect them all. There's two sheets here. One's doubled, but there's two sheets. Let's see who got a little love. The Macho Man, the Steiner Brothers, Mr. Perfect, the Hulkster, Big Boss Man, uh, the Nasty Boys sneaking in there too. Uh, who else we have here? Uh, Razor Ramon, uh, Macho, Macho Man. I mean, like this is about as random a collection of, of superstars you could find. And actually, and we passed it before, there's also a Kamala that for you, who's a you know a collector and, and a dealer like yourself, uh, there's a signed Kamala Coliseum video stamp that there's actually proof of the signing happening <laughs> in that one of the pictures right there. Oh, my God. With the mask on, too. That has so, to be uh, during the beginning of COVID then. Wow. Rest rest in peace, uh, Big Jim Harris. But, um, wow, that, that is a very unique item. Look at that. <laughs> it's small as hell. So he's got to sign a pretty, and he had a you know, pretty, pretty thick signature. He had to sign a very small, uh, but Kamala even got a WWF collector Coliseum video stamp. <laughs> I would go with that silver one before I go with that blue one for what it's worth. I have a feeling that's why the blue one is available and the silver yeah. one is probably yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Five vintage WWF poster sets. Uh, who do we got? Yoko, Lex Luger, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, and The Undertaker. Are those full-size posters? I don't think so. I think these are mini. Oh, yeah, mini posters. Mini poster um, no, I love seeing Yoko. By the way, did you see that Yoko uh, documentary on the network? In the last I haven't gotten a chance to do it. I do want to do like a full like episode about it, and I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Please do, and I'm not a shill for the WWE Network, and if I watch anything on the WWE Network, it's normally world-class or something along those lines, but uh, it was really, really good. So I the captain suggested, Chad. Oh, I will absolutely check that out. But I mean, man, I'm checking out these mini posters. Now, what I would like, if anybody's listening to this, if you want to comment and tell us if you had any of these cool 
Coliseum video promos uh, because I want to know if I missed out on these. If I was just a day late and a dollar short to my uh, my video store, which There's I was a pretty book, regular. Bookmark. There we go. How about these bookmarks? Here we go. Undertaker, Doink. Matt Bourne, Doink. I like Matt, that. So, you know, that must have been a production error, though. These look like they were a little bit later, past the Matt Bourne era, right? Or was did he make it till the end of 93? Oh, he, he was there. Yeah, December 93. Okay, all right. So you got, yeah. got Undertaker, Matt Bourne, Doink. <laughs> Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, and Lex Luger, the famous narcissist, Net yeah. Lex Luger, yeah, the, the famous cover of the WWF magazine yeah, there yeah. Uh, on display, uh, the pecs and the uh, the abs <laughs> of the narcissist, as Bobby Heenan liked to. Uh, That's right, because what well, he was supposed to, well, what was he supposed to be? He was supposed to be narcissist, right? And then he became the narcissist. Wasn't he, he was, narcissist Lex Luger, and he, then Bobby Heenan changed it to the narcissist? He was narcissist to Bobby Heenan. <laughs> That's what. It, okay, so he just combined the two. Okay. He, yeah, he's narcissist. Uh, what else we got? Here's another Bret Hart poster. Okay, boom, there it is. Wow. Okay, right here. There are the bookmarks. Okay, you see what I'm looking at here? Mm -hmm. Those are the bookmarks. There's the postcard right there. Oh, there we go. So there we go. Razor's Edge. What, what is that? We got Sean taking off the vest. Brett Sharpshooter. And who's that up top? That's Big that Daddy Hazel? Cool. Just hair flip. But his best move, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But whoever this was, I mean, they, they're loaded up. Now, here's two things. And I can tell you I did see this. So if you look above, and of course, this is Nick and I looking at this. Uh, there is a WrestleMania card set that was released I for the first 10 WrestleManias. Um the King Kong Bundy one I have seen in person. King Kong Bundy, I saw him sign it, literally, in person. Uh, they're almost ahead of their time. They're a little more glossy than the normal card. And it goes in your head and say, why the hell was that not the card set <laughs> available in 95? Like, yeah, no, I know. That's really cool. I've actually never seen those before. It's all the, I believe it's 1 to 10. And above it, you'll see there's a Bret Hart set that's in yep. a similar vein. It's just a hair bigger than the normal trading card. It's almost like if you remember uh, the Topps big cards or the Bowman, the first set of Bowman I do. cards. I do remember those, yep. Around that size, but they're special Bret Hart dedicated uh, trading cards. These things have become almost in the same vein, and I'm sure you know the WWF magazine cards. Sure. A little hard sure. to come by in good condition. You didn't really take care of these the same way, and they were a little, maybe could be a little more flimsy, but, you know, Nonetheless, if you didn't get them at this point, you're there's a hard time getting them now. I can't believe that some people ha took so good condition of their magazine cards because I've seen graded eights and nines. It's like, oh my god! I uh, the it, the best possible. Hold on, time out. Ludwig <laughs> Borga, do not disturb. Coliseum Home Video <laughs> hanger set. Wow, that's cool. I'm sorry. I knew you were going to say it. I was hoping you were going to finish your statement. <laughs> I can't. I don't even remember what I'm talking about. I just know I need that Ludwig Borga door, do not disturb door hanger now. So my kids get the idea. So now basically Ludwig Borga, we can now confirm was on two pieces of merchandise <laughs> during not, the new generation era. <laughs> not bad considering he was really only on TV for what, about five to six months? He, we did a whole episode about Ludwig Borga. I actually did it with uh, with JP because he's the Ludwig Borga expert uh, of the, the TMPT crew. And uh, looking at it from when they signed him to basically when he was off TV with the injury right around the Royal Rumble time. Yep. I mean, it goes from about July to yeah. January. January. 
Yeah. And then I forgot who he was going to wrestle. But in February, they actually promoted that he was going to wrestle somebody, maybe Earthquake at WrestleMania 10. Yes. yes. And then, but they pulled it after like one week's worth of announcements. So yeah, uh, it was done. And then he, and then he rehabs and he's basically, he's back wrestling by the end of the year, but it's not with the WWF. So it was like, you know, he had what, some big legal problems, right? Yeah. He had a lot of after issues some after some health issues. Yeah. A lot, a lot of issues, uh, but yeah, check out the Ludwig Borga episode for more uh, information on uh, Mr. Borga. But again, you know, that's the door hangers. You got Yoko, Brett, Luger, Undertaker, and Ludwig Borga. These Coliseum video ones, man, I'm telling you, this is, if you're a diehard collector, it's a treasure trove of random superstars. Just go check it out. But I always say the merchandise was so lacking. This is one department where you can get a good assortment, but just, man, if you're in the market for door hangers, or mini posters, or I stamps. think they. What about yeah. what about stamps? I'll go one better. I believe they also had pogs. They know. <laughs> so. I know they had pogs because I I remember a Bob Holly pog that I had, and uh, they did have pogs. <laughs> Absolutely. And man, can, let's just talk about pogs for a second. Can you believe that that was a thing? Uh, yeah, I can. I mean, living it as much as we did, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I. But I mean, but living it, but looking back, just on all kinds of trends and how hot they were in what ninety four, ninety five, like right around this era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the you know Marvel getting in on it and the uh, the weird like you know um, you know like abstract uh, paintings basically that were on these these pogs and like to treat them the way that we did those holographic ones, the slammers, you know, if you had that little pog canister <laughs> during this time frame, you're a pretty big deal around the, the old school one yard. or the big one. I, oh, had I, both. I had, I remember the big, tall, fat one. Yep. Yep. I, you know what, when, when you're done with the new generation uh, series, Chad, I think it's going to be Chad and the captain play with pogs. That's going to be <laughs> the new podcast. You heard it here, folks. We're going to get to that down the line <laughs> as we're looking at some pogs. And there, look who's in the middle. Yeah, there she is. She's bringing, bringing everything back together. Uh, that's early Alundra Blaze. That's late 93 Alundra Blaze. Protocol Alundra Blaze. With, uh, still got a little bit of mullet going on. Still has before the flames became a thing. She's got that multicolored gear. And then uh, speaking of mullets, look at Big Daddy Cool's mullet all the way to the left. Yeah, that's basically the promo shot they used for him for up until he became the champion. <laughs> for the oh, really? Part. That was that was the go-to. Basically, I mean, he had a couple like uh, you know, he had a couple different shots, but that was like the go-to that or that early one. But to bring it right back to what we we're talking about, Alundra Blaze. So here's one other random piece of Alundra Blaze merchandise. It's a six. Interesting. So that means that means we're we're missing we're missing two and five and uh, two <laughs> and five th and what uh, three. three? Yeah. So there's at least six mm -hmm. Coliseum video pogs. You know who they are. We we you know who they are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we're gonna look for the Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, and, and Undertaker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But that's how we always bring it back somehow on this show. So hopefully Perfect. somebody sends in a pog to get signed. I'm sure you'd have to use a thin Sharpie um, because you need a very small point to sign a pog. Well, and knowing the way things are trending, uh, I would probably have to include some 15 word inscription on the pog. So. <laughs> well, there's some white, uh, white space there on the left and the right. You're so. right. Maybe I can squeeze a couple extra letters now. I actually, I've recently had a lighter uh, submitted to be signed um, for a, uh, a past signing. So that would be my most obscure one. <laughs> what, what guest? 
uh, would be the big red machine cane. Exactly. What else? See, that makes sense. Was it a cane lighter or it's just because of the fire gimmick? No, it was a cane lighter. It was a okay. uh, cane on the front. We signed it on the back, but uh, nonetheless, uh, was so afraid of that thing opening and like spew spewing butane well, <laughs> all you, over. <laughs> that, you know what? It's a couple of years after the new generation, maybe like a year after, but one of the weirdest items I've ever had signed was when I brought in the dirty white boy, Tony Anthony, who WWF fans might know as TL Hopper and people were bringing in plungers to get signed. So and I wouldn't have it any other way. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll end it at that. It's all right, captain. Uh, the big day is next week, the 26th and the 27th. Just give us a rundown one more time where they can get information on it, where they can find you and uh, all the uh, the road shows that you're doing virtually uh, in this great country of ours. Oh, well, thank you. But no, no uh, the, the weekend of the 26th and the 27th, we've got the the very talented, the very popular, and the WWE Hall of Famer herself, Alundra Blaze Medusa, will be doing a virtual signing. Uh, uh, go to Facebook and you Google Captain's Corner, you'll get all the information. She'll be doing the virtual signing on the Captain's Corner Happy Hour from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Friday, February 26th. For those in the New England area, Medusa will be making a rare appearance in the New England area on Saturday, February 27th at 11 a.m. in Heroes Hideout. Uh, and the Holyoke Mall, Holyoke, Massachusetts Mall. She'll be signing from 11 to 2. And you know what? I'm going to hop on a plane and get over to New Zealand in time for 6 o'clock that night because then we're doing a happy hour with Tony Gurria. So uh, <laughs> I threw that on there. But uh, the featured act of the weekend uh, is uh, Alundra Blaze, Medusa. I'm looking forward to her. And I'm always looking forward to coming back and talking with Chaster. Awesome, man. No, I appreciate it. You know, you're one of the uh, the only guys out there that I know can uh, can bring the heat when it comes to talking about the merchandise. And, uh, you know, you see it, you collect it, you know, you're you're an aficionado. You grew up in the era, so you kind of check all the boxes. So I appreciate you uh, coming on, as always. We'll, we'll schedule one of our chats for during the week uh, coming up here. We've got some uh, business to attend to. But uh, always, uh, always love having you on, and uh, we shall do it again real soon. We'll do a deep dive into the POG scene. Oh, you know it. <laughs> of Cap, the w- Cap, Chad, Chad and the captain play with pogs. I, I I could just say, even though we don't acknowledge their existence, but I mean, I did have WCW pogs for sure. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I don't remember those. Now I know we have to have an episode on pogs. Yeah, they were pretty good. I'm not going to lie. WCW got, kind of went above and beyond the pogs. They put the pay-per-view posters on them. They had all the different superstars on the pogs. I mean, I'm going to say WCW uh, for their lack of merchandise throughout their entire uh, company's tenure. They uh, they went all in on the pogs. Uh, uh, they like Christmas, it or not. <laughs> for Christmas this year, I'm I'm gonna ask you to give me a Craig Pitbull Pittman pog. If I I almost can guarantee you there is one. So okay. uh, and you know what? I'll probably look for one tonight and send it to you. Oh, uh, so, you too good to me, Chad. Exactly. All right. Well, if you want to uh, follow me, it's at Chad EMB on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to head to my website, it's ibexclusives.com. There you can find all the information I have on my signings coming up. Um, and if you're a baseball fan, you'll, you'll love what's going on right there on the, uh, the website, uh, 100% personified. And for us, of course, it's the TMPT empire and tmptempire.com. All the information on the podcast there, including the ones on the Vince Russo Russo brand, uh, every single week, uh, so many podcasts, but that's why you, uh, you love us. So we will say goodbye. We will catch you next time on new generation declassified for the captain, This is the Chadster, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers to the working man. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.